Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give me one of those cans of two fish stone ale. Two, one fish? Two, two fish. fish. Blue fish. Bells. Fart. That's how it goes. Okay. It's very elongated. Yeah. Open. Well, it's not my fault you guys made it foamy. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, maybe have, have, have stronger fingers. I don't have strong fingers. I have weak nails. Thanks, Patrick. <laughs> wow. Damn. I need Attack. to be taking more biotin. <laughs> okay. Well. Is this is where the vitamin D conversation came from? <laughs> Different conversation. Different conversation. Take vitamin D. Welcome to the final, we think, podcast. Yeah, probably. No, the, the, the last this will no, no. this, this go up on New Year's Eve, I think. Okay. Or New Year's Day. New Year's but Day. But it it's the la- whatever the last one is. Right. We'll have <gasps> more stuff next week, obviously. Yeah. But, I, but for like anywhere. this holiday package. Yes, this holiday package. You'll, you'll dug through all the presents. This is the one that like your parents didn't tell you about. Like they didn't put it out. They put it like behind the tree. They hit it. And they're like, wait, is that? That, did I see one more present behind the tree? When What's that? Mortal Kombat came out for the Super Nintendo, yeah. uh, Mortal Monday, yeah. um, <laughs> I was so fucking excited. Like, it was it was a moment. Mm-hmm. Like, at that, like, the commercials, like, Mortal Kombat, like, it was, we used to, like, r- like bike down the street screaming <laughs> that, yes, 100%. <laughs> The Immortals. I had. I got. I got. Layer that. Quoting into the Immortals, which is mostly just I loved that the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Layer that Stranger Things track though over the back of this conversation. Yeah. Or the Twin Peaks. Are you a big Crazy Frog fan? Not quite. Jesus Christ. Patrick, Mortal Monday. Paint me a picture. Funko Land. Remember Funko Land? Of course. You know that. Uh, I used to get dropped off there a lot before before they started telling people don't parents yeah. like put this up signs that this is not a center. this is not a daycare yeah. center you can't yeah. just leave your kids here because at, Mon- at Funko Land you used to be able to ask for any cartridge on the shelf mm-hmm. they would put it into the machine and you could sit and play it but it was supposed to be hey you're testing this out to see if you want to buy it not like your mom's going to buy right. shoes and, and you're, you're twelve <laughs> so anyway we you know um, Mortal Monday happens we come home from school walk in the door. And I tell my mom, like, get that, you know, you go get that shit. Like, we is, is it here? And she like, did not speak to your mother that way. But that's how I remember it in my head. <laughs> and mom, mom, did you go get that shit? <laughs> in, a, in a hushed tone, yeah. too. You got that Mortal Kombat? You got the MK? You got SNES, right? Not Genesis. Yeah. MK SNES? And um, she goes, oh, they were sold out. Got you. Got him. And, Got and she him. let it go for like not yeah. like not like ah and then like pulls it out from behind her back. She no. goes, 
yeah, they were sold out. I'm sorry. Oh. I messed it up. Like, I'm, uh, I'll make it up for you. I'll go to the store tomorrow. Hopefully I can find it. But this is an era where, like, games sold out. Yeah, they sold out. They've been gone for weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no, like, <laughs> there was no, like, going online. No going on to order anything, obviously. Nah. But also no, like, games didn't release on days. Mortal Monday was part of the thing that was wild about it was, like, it was, it was a, a day. day. That the games game just showed up. Or at least, at least right. it felt that way. Like, dude, my dad and I used to drive up to New York. My dad would come up to New York for work stuff anyway, but he'd always be like, oh, we can go buy like certain smaller game stores, would have stuff that would like not break street date. They would just have it before the Toys R Us in New Jersey yeah. had it. And so if I wanted to get a game that the I read, the truck the showed up earlier. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, it was like, oh, yeah, this got shipped in on a boat. Here it is, or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, shipment package or a center was here. So. And so she lets us go on for a couple of minutes and then, like, just crushed. Like, and what, like, all my friends were there. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all, like, oh, my, our damn. house was the hub house. Like, That's you brutal. know, where, like, people hung out for a couple hours where everyone's, like, split for dinner. Um, had a lot of friends that, like, were walking distance. So, like, it's brutal. And then my mom's like, hey, could you go get me something from, like, some drawer? Wow, she iced you? Opened the drawer. Damn. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> like, and it's just sitting oh, there. And, oh, so I was like, my, that's, that's good. What a, that's, yeah. like, really letting it out there. Like, a good, at least minute or two. Yeah, um, that's incredible. Showed some courage. Appreciated it. Thanks. Shoutouts to mom. Mm -hmm. uh, we are here for our final Waypoint podcast, and it is in fact a Waypoint podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a Waypoints podcast. We are here to talk about our favorite Waypoints, or our not our favorite Waypoints. We're here to talk mm -hmm. about our Waypoints of the 2010s, the Waypoint of the decade. Which, when I first saw it on the list that, that y'all put together, I was like, okay, what's this mean? Like obviously I know we do a show called Waypoint sometimes. Like what 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 should every I every Wednesday? <laughs> but what what does that is this a thing that I think is interesting? Is it my favorite thing of the of the decade? Is it something mm -hmm. I think is important? Is it something I like a lot? Like what what does it mean? And I didn't really know what it was, and I think until yesterday we stumbled into it. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't bring a clip, but Kato, can I send you a clip and we should just we should just watch Absolutely. the clip? In fact, Kato, do you know the clip? I don't think so. You don't know the clip? Okay, uh, let me just. So I, don't, I just want to hit play on it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no hints. Let's yeah. just. I just want a real time. I don't know what this clip is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course you do. I don't. Yeah, we'll, that's great. We'll know in a second. I'm sure I should. We'll you, Kato. I doubt you've I'm seen this show. Uh, I, I bet. I bet you've seen the clips. Uh, Wait, here we go. Just there sent it, it to you. There, there you go. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know the clip. Yeah, I know the. Clip. Let's go ahead and uh, play the clip. I'm the guy who wins a lottery and loses a ticket. Biggest story in a generation, and I'm a spectator. You are not a spectator. We are locked on a plane, and we still have put it together. That's pretty good. What's this compulsion you have to look on the bright side? I can never count on you to be Jewish. If it helps, we should probably be concerned about violent retaliation. That does help, man. Thanks. My regret is that I'd like to have been with my wife for this. Johnny would wake up the kids, bring them down to the studio. We'd all watch together. Yes, I'd like to be with your wife too. I'd like to be in the newsroom with Will and Charlie and her and you. I'd like to be at home. And Maggie. I said Maggie. No, you didn't. You didn't. So you have to ask yourself, what happens when you and Maggie break up? What you know is going to happen, and Jim's with someone else. We were talking that loud? Over Delaware after the second scotch? There's passengers in row 22 who know about you, Maggie, and Jim. True story. Shut up. Excuse me. I've got a text message saying the president is speaking tonight in a few minutes. Do you know anything about this? The internet says he's speaking on a matter of grave national security. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I've got a flight that's been canceled. Does that have anything to do with what you're talking about? Has there been a terrorist attack? 
No. Well, wait, there's been a terrorist attack? No, there hasn't. I got an email saying we're at war with Libya. Nope. You guys know what's going on, don't you? Folks, fuck off. There hasn't been a terrorist attack. None of your friends and family are in danger. The president will be speaking in just a few no. minutes. Listen, they're just nervous because... I don't because care. You do not take over control of the cabin. They're getting emails and going online and seeing... You do not take over control of the cabin, ever. Ma'am... sit down No, and you know... I'm getting the captain. Yeah, get the captain, because I'd like to have a word with him. The seatbelt while we're standing still is one thing, captain, but how you paranoid do you, do you have to be to think that I'm declaring myself in charge of the... Is there a problem, sir? Yeah, I was just asking how paranoid you have to, <laughs> you have to be. Sir. <sighs> sir. <laughs> oh, the shots. The shots. Why does it have to be that one? The third one. Excessive. United. We stand. <laughs> we stand? We stand. Uh, Captain, my no. name is Don Kiefer. That's Elliot Hirsch, and that's Sloan Sabbath. We work for Atlantis Cable News, and we wanted you and your first officer and flight attendant crazy lady to be the first ones Fuck on this off. plane to know that our armed forces killed Osama bin Laden for you tonight. What? <laughs> You're serious? Yes, sir. <laughs> Shaking hands. Successful meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Are they both filmed? You're ready? Wait, we have to hit the punchline. the news damn fuck. we reported the news what the fuck was that shit what the fuck i'm fucking angry why did we watch that so that was uh the newsroom season one episode seven is that a joke well well i mean okay depend on what you uh, it's not it was not intended to be a joke is there were jokes joke in now? there yes all right hold on hold on i want to there's always a framework for these podcasts yes. right this one is not this is this opening salvo. Right. No time restriction. This is a way of like kind of setting the table. What is a waypoint? What is a waypoint? Why would this be an interesting waypoint for the 2010s? Right. Rob, you and I talked about this briefly over over lunch yesterday, but we, we held it because we wanted to make sure we got it into a microphone. Rob Zachney, talk to me a little bit about The Newsroom, Aaron Sorkin's show that uh, started airing 2011? Wow. Well, hold the, on. The, hold on. I, what's up? Um, I just, I just like <laughs> Natalie. A spirit left her. Yeah, she like saw a ghost. Wait, <laughs> that's inside can my you head. Play that, can you play that little music yeah. uh, when we have the yeah, time markers? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna play. We reported the news. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good. Okay, what? So what was that? What did you realize? I don't know. <laughs> I just. I thought That's this was Aaron like going to be a bit or something. No. I didn't realize that this was a, a waypoint. We're, oh, you well, were like none of us are. This is not any of our waypoints. But oh. it's a framing device, right? So, wait, okay. my timing thing. No, no. this with the timing okay. thing is one. It, well, once we talk about our own, yeah. Can okay. somebody let me in on things? We're, like, we're about doing it. So before I fucking humiliate myself. <laughs> oh no 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 no! This show sank like a fucking stone. Okay. And like left in multiple no trace different ways, except these like cringeworthy like videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The newsroom was the second time a network allowed Aaron Sorkin, creator of The West Wing, to do whatever the fuck he wanted. <laughs> and what he wanted to do at that time to confront what he saw as a rising tide of right wing extremism in the United States was create a show about 
a TV institutional, like an institutional TV figure who could tell the American people the news. The truth. The truth. Yeah. Be a bearer of truth and understanding. He made it about real events, but the show was like made, it was like always projecting three or four years back in the past. And so the first episode, for instance, opens on uh, the Deepwater Horizon uh, fire. Right. And the in that spell. episode, like within moments, everyone on this fictional cable TV news show knows that it's going to be a massive Gulf oil spill. It is just Aaron Sorkin working through what he wishes people had said about current about current events at the time they were actually happening. It is a terrible show. That was actually a very good representation of why it was bad. And <laughs> it is very worthy of being mocked. But in time, I have found it an increasingly useful show to go back and watch. You called it important. Yeah, because it is revealing. I think it is more revealing now than it was at the time it came out mm-hmm. because this was Aaron Sorkin, now with nobody to check him, nobody to tell him, like, hey, tone it down. This was him basically doing a lot of what he'd done in The West Wing, which was a hugely influential show, very popular. But not even not just on, uh, culturally, but on the Democratic Party, right. liberalism. It was, it was ve- like – yeah, and so like he like the West Wing was this hit show that was all about like neoliberalism with attitude. Yeah, um, they were, you were just smarter and better read and better informed than your dumbass adversaries, leftists and uh, Elite, reactionaries. Deeply elitist, as well. yeah. deeply uh, uh, built around the idea of the like. You know, we just we do just know better. And yeah. like if you just let people who know the best stuff in charge of democracy, then it'll go good. Experts will take us there. So exactly. The newsroom is this peon to Obama era neoliberal complacency. And a show like it's a subplot that Which Austin is ironic were... given that it is given that when it starts coming out is when you know enough about the Obama era to Thank to like thankfully have the scales fall from your eyes and start to to wonder if the sort of like handshake across the aisle, the sort of like compromising that was at the heart of what Obama's strategy was, political strategy was, uh, were things that just weren't going to get us anywhere. Break the fever was the phrase always used about like oh eventually the right will figure it out and they'll come over to our side and we'll all figure it out. Right. So. There was a major subplot in one of the seasons here where the newsroom gang had to deal – address like how do we handle the story of the Occupy Wall Street protests? And for multiple episodes in this work of fiction about people getting the story right and thinking deeper, it was just relentless dunking on the Occupy movement and how stupid they were and how ill-informed they were about the financial system, about the economy. Like they were just dumbasses with a bunch of complaints and no understanding of the real issues and no solutions. You're not allowed to be angry unless you bring a concrete, preferably means-tested solution. <laughs> Definitely, Otherwise, yeah. mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Thank you, technocrat. And that was that was the tone of the show. And the show would deliver it in that tone and then be like, inspiring moment, right? And then High the, five. And the, the music swells and like, we did it, guys. We made it. <laughs> we the, reported the news. The thing that is so interesting to me about this moment in history, the other thing I, wanna, I, would, I would put in the same category of thing was the... John Stewart, Stephen Colbert, a rally to restore sanity. Oh uh, the thing that broke me of like that style of like news comedy show, or at least that 
that model of it that, that they had kind of spearheaded during the Bush years in the 2000s. In 2010, they do this thing called like the, the Rally to Restore Sanity and or Fear. Um, and it is Colbert and the Colbert kind of right-wing Tea Party character. It is John Stewart in the kind of like nebbish intellectual pseudo character because he's just John Stewart. But there is also a sort of performance angle there. And the premise is we're talking past each other. We're yelling things at each other. The, the you know, Americans fundamentally agree on most things, and it, we have to get back to a place where we're not yelling slurs at each other. America's like the Holland Tunnel. Right. Yes. Remember, remember that's how that's they ended it? That's literally how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're all caught in here together. You know, we're all stuck in traffic together, and we just got to, like, connect. Um, and it was this thing that is implicitly trying to make uh, an argument for apolitical a apoliticism, the idea that, like, partisanship is just about – uh, but partisanship doesn't doesn't help us. Does, there's no reason to be the sort of like uh, uh, aggressive political actor. You don't have to pick a side. We're all on the same. We're side. We're all basically on the same side, and we got to get back to uh, we got to get back to just letting uh, a good discussion and debate solve things for us. Find solutions that are compromises, and and reject the idea that there's anything radically fundamentally wrong <laughs> with the system. Um, and the newsroom was thankfully something I think that helped and this did for a lot of people what that rally did for me it was like no motherfucker i fundamentally disagree with with this stuff and the way that you are are positioning yourself as above it all somehow or as like demeaning the claim that there could be something more fundamentally wrong again and again and that you demand that we defer to your experience when in fact your experience is deeply limited where your perspectives are are one-sided and you've surrounded yourself only with other people with very very similar experiences uh, i think a lot of people in watching the newsroom had that broken for them a little bit i know so many people who by the time that show gets to the second or third season they're like whoo wow, like, is this what the left is? And the answer is like, no, that is what liberalism is. That is what the Democratic Party is. The left is, the left doesn't get a TV show. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think, like, this has been one of the biggest stories of the 2010s, has been, look at the way politics has has changed. Look at the doors that have been opened in terms of, we've said this a lot, but, like, you look at the 2016 election, you look at the, the uh, policies that Bernie Sanders is pushing for, that's getting groundswell. Bernie doesn't get the nomination, but a lot of those policies end up being common talking points for the next four years. We're going into the 2020 election cycle now. Uh, we've lived in it now <laughs> for over a year in a real way. And a lot of those policies are now just, like, you know, Compromised versions of them. Uh, uh, who knows what a, what a Medicare for all solution looks like, even uh, even from you know progressive candidates like Elizabeth but it Warren. Like there but has that, been like it's like oh that's cool and trendy. Let's adopt it. Exactly. The the window has moved. The um, kids love Bernie Sanders. Let's go. Let's go. But also, but not him. But not him. And also, not exactly. what He's proposing like like one over here. But that window has changed in such a way that like, could you imagine what the newsroom episode about Bernie Sanders what Bernie Sanders looks like? It's a nightmare. Oh, and he's I think just now like enough, the redneck reactionary. Uh, totally, a hundred percent, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I think the reason that we talk about newsroom here is because this is one way to, to choose a waypoint of the decade. One way is here's something that's important in the in the sense it's revealing. Uh, I don't think it's the only way to choose a waypoint of the decade. Well, it's similar to the way we talked about games of the decade, in which I think yes. a lot of us ended up going in 
the, a personal direction, right? As like uh, using that as a lens for looking back at the decade through your own. Even the experience. choices, like uh, Dungeon World, was a game that I think helped shape indie tabletop. They both can be but true. Mostly, I played a great game with my friends for five years, and I loved it. Helped well, but, shape, but me. also things that end up being transformative are also probably likely yes. transformative in a larger, in a larger sense, sense, and you weren't alone in mm-hmm. the transformation. That's totally it. Yeah, totally. So. You know, newsroom is not waypoints, waypoint of the decade necessarily, but I do think it is that exact style of thing, Rob, where it's like, wow, this this speaks to the decade. Um, and so what we're about to get into might not be our favorite things, but they, they are things that stuck with us. Uh, Natalie, you talked a lot. One of the examples that you used uh, was that like um, kind of was before Bloodborne and, and Hollow Knight. Hollow, what was before? What was... Like Breath, before, of the Wild. Breath of the Wild got in your head and mm-hmm. like made you play other games differently. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I th- for me, the thing that I'm interested to hear about a little bit is like, what was that style of thing? What was the thing you just couldn't step away from? When I've been thinking about what was the waypoint of the year for or the decade for me, it ha- it's been like, uh, do I want to say something that's like important and shape? In fact, we should just start the clock on me because well, unless do we want to? Also, I'm going to say because I think these could benefit some from breathing room. Yeah. I think 10 minutes is appropriate. Okay. Let's wow. do it. You don't have to use the full 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I probably won't because mine is actually tools, pretty. Tools, not rules. Tools, not rules. No rules, just tools. Just right. Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> We're going to have to find one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to find a Can we just go to one of those places? We probably could. I bet we could find is there one, one back. Is I would there one? kill for an Outback. And that's how uh, we end up in a line in Times Square for an Outback. No, the Outback house. in New York, in Manhattan, is on. Is on 14th Street. Great. I'm glad you know that. Yeah. No, it's not on 14th. It's on, it's out of, mm, God, it's near, it's near either Madison Square Park or near Union Square. It's near Union Square. It's on 14th Street. Anyway, we're not going there. Well, it's on, no, it's on 19th. It's on, okay, it's no, north but of so it. it's yeah. north. It's between love, the two. Yeah. God, this is great. Yeah, this, we made it. We're in New York, baby. We're in New York. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, hey, no, 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 fucking 19th Street. Yeah, we're blooming on you. Hey, yo. Wait, wait, wait. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 10 minutes. I probably won't use 10 minutes. That's I'm, fine. I just want to yeah, uh, totally, give sure. some breathing room. Totally. Um, Hold on. 20, 23rd. 23rd Street. Oh. <laughs> shh. Shh. Spoke over it. Shh. I'm sorry. We reported the news. <laughs> that fucking David Harbour smirk. It's so fucking... <laughs> It's still, I can't decide if it's better or worse than when John Cena said, we caught and compromised to a permanent end Osama bin Laden in front of a live WWE Excuse audience. me? Hey, remember when Have the Osama bin Laden news no. was broken by The Rock? Did he do that also? You don't remember major, that? Yeah. major subplot in the newsroom. <sighs> no, he legitimately, he is the one that broke the news. He, like, on, he, on Twitter On or Twitter. Right? He didn't yeah, say yeah, what yeah. happened, yes. but he said like the big Huge day for news, America. God bless America. Because, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know, to his credit, does a lot of stuff with, you know, the ah, troops, yeah. yada, yada, yeah. yada, I guess. But uh, but yeah, that's, that was in the WWE ring, John Cena. We've caught and, com- and compromised to a permanent, to a permanent <laughs> end. No, it was like in the middle of him trying that. But he was still wrestling? Yeah. Okay. He, I mean, he's never quit, really. He's always trying I know, to but like, wear both hats. Yeah. Anyway. So, sorry. Can I get a clock? It started. Fuck. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to use all 10 minutes. So, like I was saying, the thing that I ended up focusing on was like, do I want to pick something like the newsroom? It's like, I don't like, but I think speaks to the decade. Do I want to pick something that I really don't like, like Gamergate or Trump's election or like those things are sure. important yeah, and absolutely. are things I have not stopped thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do something that kind of blended those two things. And it's something that I, you know, Rob, in your game of the decade list, you talked about 
um, The Witcher 2 uh, and Bioshock 2, games that have stuck with you and that you can't quite – you keep coming back to and being surprised by how much they've hit you. I'm here to talk about Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, now on Netflix. Whoa, wait, hold on. Now on Netflix. So this is part of the thing for me. It was like, oh, I'm shit. in the middle of a rewatch right now. It just hit Netflix. It is a series that is like, the way I always talk about this, this series. How old is it? Four years? Oh, so it's, it's like new. This is a, it's oh. of the decade. It is not oh, a, right, right, it is right, of the decade. Right, it, is right, the, right. it is like the current gotcha. like run and, and not current. I mean, it's, it's. It had a hard conclusion. It had like a real firm end. There are going to be other stories in that world, I suspect. But it started in 2015. Um, and when it started in 2015, if you go back five years, four, you know, four and a half, whatever years, there is not the – I'd say right now Gundam is having a moment. It's the 40th anniversary. There's also marketing behind that. A lot of people, including me, have done a oh, lot. So they're of letting work. people interview him on right, stage, exactly, <laughs> which was nice. That showed up in congratulations the yeah. video of Shars Counterattack last night, which was fucking weird. Wait, what? Yeah, they. So after the Shars Counterattack aired, there was like an interview with him, and the, it was recorded at Anime NYC, uh-huh. and they did all, all a bunch of B roll. And you were in it? In, in, oh, in you went to go see a movie about Gundam and you were in it? And it, it was fucking wild. You fucking made it. You're it done. A bunch of friends here. Yeah, it was wild. It was crazy. Like, I thought you interviewing him was you making it. No, no. it's actually being in a Someone B-roll Someone in San Francisco clip. saw that B-roll. We Holy got that B-roll. shit. Uh, which was wild. Yeah. I know. So, so... But in 2015, it hadn't had the big, it hadn't had, it had already had like one crossover moment, the one that it had in the late 90s when Gundam Wing started airing in on Toonami on, on Cartoon Network. Toonami. Yeah. Uh-huh. Toonami. Like some cool lo-fi hip hop starts playing. Like yeah. that is the vibe. <laughs> That's the vibe. Um, so Iron Blood Orphans hits in 2015. And for me at the time, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity. Like I can get people into Gundam. There's a new Gundam. It feels very 2015. Um, it is, uh, it is like serious and dramatic. It's very beautiful. It has a gorgeous designs. All the fights are really cool. The character designs are neat. It's being written by Mario Kata, uh, who is a woman, which is like, I don't know how many women have written past Gundam series. It was like, okay, cool. Like that means that there is not just a bunch of dudes in this, in this writing room. Someone in a leadership role is at least working on this script because obviously there's a director, there's producers, other, other, in, you know, um, hands on the on the story obviously um and it is tonally so distinct right like gundam has a bunch of there's a bunch of different types of gundam we watched a few months ago Mm, no no like a year ago a year ago a little over a year ago we watched one episode of the original mobile suit gundam which is like a war story meant to sell toys it's very cartoonish in places it doesn't know what it is yet that series eventually tries to be this kind of serious war drama uh, with space psychics also there. But even that stuff is kind Damn. of weird and, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's in like the Star Wars mode yeah. where like it takes itself pretty seriously, even though it has comedic moments. Then there's stuff in, the, in over the years. It's like very ridiculous, you know, super powered, almost like a superhero story. There's like a couple of stories that are like, this is like a superhero story. These are five very pretty boys who have five very pretty <laughs> Gundams and they're super powerful and they destroy 20, you know, mechs in a second, not, not one in 20 minutes, you know? Right. Um, and it basically fits in those two modes and bounces between those two modes. And sometimes like, you know, a third variation that still kind of fits into one of those things. But even like kind of retelling versions of those stories in different sub-universes over and over again. 2015, Iron-Blooded Orphans. First of all, it's called Iron-Blooded Orphans. Great hooky name. Really good. Just like, boom, gotcha. Not sure what it means, but I but like it. But it feels good. Two, out the gate, it feels distinct. It's in its own world. There's no 
uh, there's no lore you need to know to watch this show. You just start watching it tomorrow, and you will. Fu- it is meant for you. Um, three, it's it's kind of like dark. It's about it's about these child soldiers who are part of a mercenary group who kill the, pe- the adults who run the mercenary group and who are like taking advantage of them and making them fight and take it over for themselves. Why? Because they don't. Because fuck them. Oh, they, so they realize what's happening. They've they've been realized. They've okay. they've seen opportunity gotcha. and the the bond between these two these two kids uh, who like came up through the streets together like powers this small group into a family. Gotcha. Um, and at that point, I'm like, this is great. And then the show continues, and this is why it's like in my head, and it. It does a bunch of stuff that's cool. I could pitch you this show that is like, I straight up told someone recently, like, this is the Godfather and Godfather 2 of Mecha anime. <laughs> because, and I don't mean that, in, I don't just mean that in terms of quality. I also mean that narratively, it is a story about people getting it over their head, um, hurting those who are close to them, uh, the people who keep the tether on you, the people who keep you a little bit down to earth disappear. And when they do, you overextend yourself, you become kind of a monster. Uh, the costs are real. It's like all that stuff of like, you know, Fredo, fuck Fredo. But also, in what ways was Fredo keeping Michael grounded? You know what I mean? And, you know, would have it would have been bad. Like, things could have gone bad to let Fredo continue. But there is a real, you know, situation there. So, and I, very specifically, this is also a show that has, like, organized crime in it. That very much is about politics. The, the fundamental, like, main plot of the first season is this, this kind of young... A woman, this girl from Mars is like, Mars should be independent. I'm going to like the Earth Parliament. Take me to the Earth Parliament. It's kind of like the Warriors or like um, the, what is the Warriors based on, Rob? Oh, uh, Anabasis. Yeah, uh, Anabasis. Uh, I need to get there. I'm hiring you to take me to Earth so I can stake our claim and make the case that Mars should be independent. Um, I'm going to lead a revolution. There's like a labor, there's a whole labor arc in the middle of the first season where they go to like a a space colony and uh, a labor union has been like infiltrated by the cops that are trying to like make them take action that will get them killed. All this stuff is like, yes, check, check, check. Also, there is like some gross harem shit in the in the in the show. Also, it does not really handle issues like child sexual assault particularly well. Uh oh. Um, there are some women who are definitely killed just to motivate plot. Uh, there are there's lots of queer baiting, though I will say there is also kind of the first, not the first, but one of the one of the rare out uh, gay men in Gundam is in the show. Um, uh, but like again and again, there's a caveat. Again and again, there is like this is problematic, and it's 2015, so I'm still saying the word problematic instead of just describing <laughs> what I mean. Instead of saying misogynistic, I'm saying problematic. Um, and Patrick's laughing because he's been through this exact art. Yeah, we all went through with that. Yeah, through that discourse. Um, and so. At the time watching, this was like one of the most stressful things to watch. One, because it was dealing with topic matter without any clear content warnings. Like, again, there's a, there, there is a child sexual assault uh, reveal in the second season. It's meant to explain why a character is motivated uh, in the way that they are. Um, and it isn't, it isn't exploitative necessarily. I don't know that it's done poorly, but it's done without any warning. And it's, it's done, not a reveal like ha, plot twist. Like, no, uh, here's their it's trauma. A, it's a little bit. It is like, it is that. It is here's their trauma. It is not. We're going to show anything. There's right. no, it's not, you know, showing as far as I remember. I haven't gotten back there in my rewatch yet, but I remember just being disappointed with the way it was handled. Mm. Um, 
And I had this stress on me at the time as someone who wanted to cheerlead the series and cheerlead the franchise. I wanted people to watch Gundam. And here was this thing that was like so close to being recommendable. And it made watching it hell because it's like, I need to talk to a microphone about this. I need to be on my, on Twitter. When someone says, what did you think of that show? I, there are ways in which in the last decade as a public figure, the world has changed from, there are, there are people, let me just think of the best way I can say this. I know the thing I've learned is if I say like, yeah, it's good. And I don't think about the fact that someone could go watch it and have to relive trauma that they've experienced, then I have been complicit in a certain sense and not done a good job using my platform. I'm not just talking to my friend in a bar. I'm not right. just talking to my friend and be like, where they know oh, yeah, that I you're like just like, hey, man, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have to think about my platform in that way. At the same time, there, I had to learn as a critic how to not let the fact that something maybe takes a bad step be a death sentence for it or ways. I, I think a lot about the stuff with the, uh, what was the game that Danielle and I went hard at a couple of years ago? Uh, Red Strings. Red Strings Club, where like there was a, I still stand by the general critique that we, we issued. I think we went at it way too hard and went at it in a way that didn't let the whole breathe. Uh, and kind of like trapped Disproportionate it criticism Absolutely. for the relative to the rest um, of the work. And so this is a series that's like stuck with me because of how dynamic it is, how how much it goes for it, the way it swings. Um, and over the years, as I've gotten away from it, and more importantly, as it stopped being like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Are they going to fuck up? Are they going to like drop another weird bomb that ruins this show that mm -hmm. makes it hard for me to recommend it? Rewatching it, I like it. I like it a lot. And knowing what's what's coming is like has made me satisfied with being able to to recommend it to people. So it's on Netflix. Incredible. One more time. I, I didn't know what what did I do? Did I? You ran out of time, man. I ran out of time. I didn't report the news. No, you did. We reported the news. There it is. <laughs> Austin, where can I watch that again? It's on. It's on everything. It's on Netflix. It, you can watch the you can watch the Yahoo subtitle. Anime, is it up there? It's on Yahoo Anime. Uh, you can watch the subtitle God. on the official. The subbed version of it is just on YouTube officially at like youtube.com slash Gundam info. Oh. You should just watch it on Netflix. I actually think you would love the first few episodes at least, Rob. How many episodes? What's the... It's like, tw it's like 26 oh, no. total. The only thing stopping me was the last time you and I talked about this, it was not widely available. And yeah. It was going to be a little bit of a pain in the to yeah, get to. to. Now you can just see it on Netflix. all the way it's, sold. Yeah, you should watch it. I think you would really love the bits of it that are like, hey, what's it mean to have a mercenary unit on two different planets? Yep. Like that, that don't have great connection with each other and communication systems. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, you would like it a lot. There's stuff in there that's very Galactic Heroes. Also, anyway, we're gonna keep moving. Nice. So yeah, so fair. we can have a, like a, a come down be, after the ten minutes. Your waypoint can be anything. It can be anime. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm. Do we want to do the other? Uh, I have an anime. Yeah. Do we want to split up I have the a, anime? I have a. Burr, 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 burr. Uh oh. What? You got a burr, 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 burr. There's oh, a new Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind trailer that we Holy shit. Let's go. Oh my Put god. It on. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Let's report. Uh, Y'all are, are getting it. We reported the news. <laughs> we reported the news. Oh my god. Bring it up. I guess I'll leave. Is that out next here. month? I'll, I'll uh, yeah, right, it's soon, isn't it? When, it's January. 23rd. Did you send it? I'll on, send it to you. Here, yeah, I have yeah. it. Hold on. If you have the link specifically, because yeah. I'll probably get the old Do you have a news alert set up for that? Or no, a something? bunch of people started tagging me in it because I tweeted, <laughs> something happy's happening today or something like that. They're like, did you fucking know? Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> no. Well, as an insider in the news business. Yeah. 
<laughs> Someone who reports the news. Oh my God. I love. Yeah, you know what? That would be Natalie. Honor Natalie, Natalie on the airplane, yeah. being like, everyone's like, "What's going on?" Like, yeah. there was a new Kingdom Hearts yeah. remind trailer. Captain, uh, I wanted to be the first one to let you know. This is Patrick Klepik. This no, is Ricardo you've Contreras. Been, you've been Norded. You've been Norded. Yeah. Is this up? Is this all? Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. need to turn down the volume just a bit. No, it, yeah, it yeah. sounded good. Okay, yeah, it's, I got it. Dump that shit into my ears. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I don't think you hit play. Or no, it's it just... stalled out because you changed. Peggy 12. Okay. okay, here we go. Peggy 12. <gasps> Development footage subject. Love Japan. Then he must still be with us. Eris. What? Why is Eris here? Searching everywhere what? For Responding to the and criticism that there were no Final clue. Fantasy characters. Yeah, it wow. is. That was Yuffie, I loved Yuffie in FF7. Whom? So. Oh, what? Whoa! Whoa! There's so many of her! Is that, is that, oh, uh, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. To make the ultimate sacrifice. They love going back to that big open wasteland area. Yeah. Playing as other, Bitch. oh, Ventus. That's Shion with a fucking keyblade! Fox is truly as important as you say. Put the fucking card Why down, Zigbar. Is that Zigbar? Hey. Yeah. Yes, got it right. <laughs> You're the organization. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Another Xehanort fight? What the? Everyone always told me to just follow my heart, but. Follow my heart. <laughs> Yo! Yeah. Trace the connection. Did he just breath of life no. himself? No! What the fuck is this? It's so pretty. Oh! Ah! Wow. I'm not alone this time. You yourself will vanish from this world. Uh-oh. And without your powers, it's your you can't return to the world you came from. Is he going to have to do the ultimate I've sacrifice? Been, I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, is any of this for real? This is my oh, shit! God. Yes! This is my shit! Yes! Who was he encountering there at the end? Riku! Riku! Pre-order now. Pre-ordering now, right now. Can we export that and put it on Twitter? Yeah, I'm gonna. Like immediately? Like right now? Like a tease. We could stop. We need to take a break. How long is that gonna take, realistically? 20 minutes no. at most? Yeah, no. At again. most. Yeah, no. No, 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 tomorrow, no. though. No, tomorrow. Or tonight. Wait, wait, wait. You mean just the audio? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I could do that in like five minutes at most. Should we okay. take a break? Then we'll do five minutes. Let's take a break. Yeah, take, a, take a five. Take a five. Okay. Oh my take God. Take a five. <laughs> Take it the five. Take it the five. I need a pepperoni. <laughs> I feel like I, my hands are shaking. <sighs> what? Take a deep breath. All right, we're taking a break. Quickly clap over near in between those two mics. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> Some good uh, YouTube Fuck, recommendations dude. happening that over was here. A lot of spelunky. Yeah. Oh, is that margin call? Have I been using this? Probably. Is that person of interest in Margin Call? Probably. Margin Call. That's one of the. Why are you logged in right? under me? <laughs> no, this is this is Waypoint. Have you been using the Waypoint account? No. Are we back? 
Yes. Did we ever go? Can we well, let's can we just point out that um we're recording, right? Yeah, yeah. we're recording. We yeah, uh, we took a break to try and see if we could export our reaction <laughs> to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Turns out no. No. Because <laughs> at least not setup. at least not, not quickly. quickly. Yeah. And we all want to eat we dinner should at some have point. Live streamed. Yeah. We should have just instantly gone live. It's just, fine. On Periscope. Yeah. yeah. This is fine. It's this fine. is good. We're good. <laughs> we're gonna get back to talking about our waypoints of the year or the decade. Kyrie. I'm gonna export that tonight. Okay. And post it tonight? At some point. Okay. Save your then tweets. Then I'm not going to tweet save about your, it. Save your tweet. I, I yeah, would like gonna... to not tweet about it and just yeah, that yeah, audio yeah. Just come out. Or you could tweet about it really ambiguously and then you would be the rock. I did tweet. To but I, us but reporting remember, the official story. I did do that just <laughs> I did make an uh, ambiguous tweet this morning. People thought she knew the trailer was coming. I said very excited about a thing happening today. And then a bunch <laughs> of people, people were, were like, like, are you going to be voice, voice acting? And well, and people don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, so people, people, oh my like, God. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry, people. <laughs> Kyrie, <laughs> Natalie left Waypoint to become Kyrie, so she could just cry into a microphone after she finds out she's in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh my god, god. I would and, fuck and me can finally up. hold the keyblade. Finally hold the keyblade the you whole time. Salt, and the first thing you said was like, "Yo, just give Kyrie a keyblade." You know what? You knew. Kyrie and I talked this. Bleep this. <laughs> yeah. Knew because and I were talking about Kingdom Hearts oh. Remind, and remember, I do. And she was like, I bet I've seen character models of Kyrie, blah, 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 blah. And like went oh, into like some data deep mining? shit. Yeah, yeah. She, like, some data mining shit. And she was like, I'm pretty sure she was supposed to be in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I think she might be in Remind. But then again, Nomura d- disappoints us or something. Well, like, that's true. Well, she's right. Yeah. That trailer does look like. Oh, yeah. It's just cut Kingdom Hearts 3 mm-hmm. content. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. On YouTube. Can't play it. Where I well, how long was the, how long previous DLC season? It's probably what eight hours long. That looks pretty short. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what the we'll see, what are you talking about. Yeah. Short. <laughs> <laughs> that that trailer was only a minute and a half. That's <laughs> only like I don't Who know. In development, like... subject to change. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't. That makes me sad. No, it's you know that scene where that. Kyrie had the keyblade. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we went a different direction for the final release. I would. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you guys like Donald, right? Yeah. <laughs> I would end myself. We made Donald a Keyblade Master. He's, yeah, he's, he can do he a Keyblade now. He doesn't even fucking have a Keyblade. Now a he fucking does. Wand. We made it. We made it so he Goofier can have a Keyblade. Donald. I'm proud. Not him. Not not Donald. Who no. could you listen to for Goofy's longer? Goofy's been dead the whole time. Whose voice? <laughs> oh! Donald. Difficult. I can listen to Donald. Difficult. Donald. Difficult. I think it is Donald, actually. <laughs> yeah. and, yet, and yet loved the Goof Troop movie. Yeah, but this is Max as the main character. Yeah. That movie's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Movie has some fucking jams. The tr- like transfers on Disney Plus are incredible. You go watch those movies. It's like, damn, this it looks good as hell. That sounds. Good. Are they? You can use my Disney Plus they account. Fucked up. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Oh shit. Well, they that, like did edge enhancement. Well, no, but that fucking that's, lines. No, no, but that's 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 the ongoing Disney fucking up. Like that has nothing to do with the specific transfer to Disney right. Plus. You go yeah. look up the history of them trying to make it look like it's. Take trying to take out the drawing aesthetic from their films. Yeah. I think Sleeping Beauty has gotten hit with that the worst. And you're right, yeah. Because are you kind of it, suggesting Goof Troop isn't is like so? They just threw it up there. And didn't yeah, they're like, uh, what is this? Who cares? I don't pay attention to Goof Troop. They put it up there. Yeah, that's jo- a good point. If they just did a good transfer, notice. but they didn't fuck with it. Yeah, they didn't. No, thing. they've George Lucas like a number of their old animated films in like re-release form. Yeah, I once heard, and you have to tell me if this is true because you would know this better than me. Mm. I read once. In a in a magazine, yes, uh, a print magazine, sure. That Rivers Cuomo uh-huh. 
after the Blue Album came out, mm -hmm. continued to like update the Blue Album, that progressive releases of the Blue Album at a certain point had like different a different bass track on like like uh, what's the what's the song like, like Only like, in Dreams? Only in Dreams, yeah. Like I'm he aware of that. that. I mean, that could be true. It's been yeah. a long. I've it wasn't like a purge a lot of that Not memory. Like a, I'm gonna fix wolves. Like update yeah. a new version again in the end. But like, there's a point at which you just can't go out and buy the original, original, original Blue Album anymore. That might be true. One of the uh, all-time great um, Rivers Cuomo is now hanging out in message boards and trolling uh, fans. Was there was a thread about Only in Dreams, and his one contribution was Only in Dreams sucks. Love it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 1990s waypoint of the decade 2000s probably two, it was the 2000s is the AMV for Cowboy Bebop the only in dreams AMV for Cowboy Bebop see 90s me early 2000s me if I'm like my waypoint of the of the 90s yeah two cathedrals sure yeah yeah hell okay. yeah okay N 90s Amlet is age the worst Pinkerton Oh yeah, yeah. It's pretty problematic. Words, things you'd be like, "Ooh, uh, I can't recommend an album, this." An album that had like gave you a bunch of angry energy, and then when you got older, realized what he was talking about. Yeah, was like, "Ooh, this is weirdly misogynistic." You and, like have some obsessions that are and, blah. Yeah. Uh huh. Pink Ooh. Triangle, buddy. Rethink also, it. Also, God, yep. Pink Triangle. Yep. God, don't worry about it. Okay, it's bad. And he got married to a Japanese woman eventually. Oh, okay. Listen, I don't want to know more. I'm not gonna no, 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 no. I'm just any saying. Any love. Waypoints. Waypoints. Kato, yeah. it sounded like you were close to. I was saying anime, and then we had a different anime moment. We, you, well, we had the best anime it moment. Was we did, yeah. I feel like you you conjured that I, trailer I like, into need, the if universe. I just put the anime they, out it, there. they wouldn't have released it tonight You're if right. we weren't I've, doing this. We with had you to here. be here together for this. That's this like, someone at Square Enix was like, Boop. Yeah, put it live. Hit the button. Peggy. I heard about them. Yeah. Also, I never get tired of hearing Peggy, the Peggy. Eighteen. It yeah. makes Peggy, it's just. 18. Wait, was it thirteen? Was Peggy it eighteen? What was it? They have more uh, have gradation in in yeah, but ages. Peggy over there. fourteen. It must have been fourteen. I think it was fourteen. Peggy twelve. It's Peggy late. twelve. Yeah, dog. We have to keep moving. <laughs> it's late, dude. I know the Outbacks are close soon. Uh, <laughs> we'll never make it to fourteenth or nineteenth or whatever the fuck it is. Twenty third. Yeah. Report of the news. What's uh? What's what's so Kato? Anime. What's your anime? Uh, my anime is uh one from the very beginning of this decade. Oh, and oh. technically doesn't. Uh, it, <laughs> it's kind of cheating because it's a remake. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Mm. Uh, one That's of my not favorite. Cheating. It came out this decade. Uh, well, it started in two thousand nine. Uh, ended in two thousand ten though. Yeah, that All counts. Out. Did the majority of it come out this decade? Maybe. When did you That's watch fine. it? That's fine. I accept it. In this decade. There I didn't there watch it when go. it came out. There you uh, go. I was originally it's very it much like... It's to you, Kato. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... Also uh, a great name. If you don't if you don't follow anime, the thing you learn quick is anime got some good names. Hell oh, yeah. hell Full yeah. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. What if great I name. was reincarnated as a slime? Great name. Great name. Great name. Is it wrong to pick up... <laughs> Girls in the Dungeon. I'm still answering Never an answer question. about that. I'm <laughs> still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's stuck with you all HR sent me an email, though. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this this anime is still one of my favorite animes of all time, and I think it was the first one that did um, that helped me or that had antagonists that I and I, I could feel okay. Uh, uh, like, 
I I could empathize with. Yeah. Right. Like like they or, or people that start like anime does this a lot, right? There's like the the evil the quote unquote evil character that like ends up on the team, but it always felt like it was because you changed their mind. Uh, and this was one of the first ones where the 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 the, the certain different uh, like people who start as antagonists. It's less that uh, they join the team they like end up they do end up working together with the main characters but you come to understand their motivations in a way uh that you find out that they're completely justified even though they originally seem kind of horrific uh specifically um i'm talking about the character scar Mm -hmm. uh who is um there's uh uh you want to set it up really broadly? Yeah. So this uh, this anime takes place in a uh, faux Germany, essentially. Like that's kind of the, the idea, like the like aesthetic. modern Germany or when? Uh, it's that's the thing is that it's like it's like industrial fantasy. It's like steampunk, but not horny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, um, and also uh, there's it's it's magic, but it's a science in this world of al- alchemy uh, where. By you know, uh, drawing the right uh, formulas and having the right components, you can do the thing that alchemy al- alchemists tried to do, right? Which is like you know that elements can change because they have uh, the same components, and you change the components around, you get a different element, things like that. But so like this is to the point where like you can draw a, a quick circle on the ground and then like make a, a little statue, right? Like you're not even like changing the component there; you're just rearranging the a- atoms. This is all like real in this world, uh, but what this what this is really about is about two brothers who attempt to bring their dead mother back to life, and in doing so, uh, pay a terrible price. One of them loses their body, their entire body, and is only able to be saved because the other one didn't happen to uh, only lost an arm and a leg, uh, uh, and was able to take his soul and put it into like a suit of armor and they're like the overarching story is technically about them trying to restore their their original bodies and trying to kind of undo and like live with this burden they have of like because they also end up creating this monstrosity that isn't their mother but like it yeah it's a whole thing but part of this is the way that this play the this takes place in um uh, uh, a society that is kind of militarized and uh a lot of the uh plot happening around their journey is about this conflict with an area of uh the country that is mostly um um the 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 country's called Amestris and uh basically uh there's uh people who are called Amestrians which are just like white people and then there's uh, people called Ishvalans, which are very easily read as like Middle Eastern, um, and outside of their specific journey, uh, the the kind of political mag- uh, s- stuff that's happening right now is it's been there was there were wars with this this area of the country that was mostly, uh, you know, it was mostly uh, populated by Ishvalans, and um, you end up you at first start kind of like the 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 country's in a good place right uh the government is uh kind of painted as a, a positive thing uh mm. until the the brothers uh, uh need 
basically funding. So they go to the government and sign up to be state alchemists. Love it. Love to be a state alchemist. <laughs> yeah. Love to, and like, and they immediately, as they are going through the process of doing this, uh, are, um, you start to get the complications of like people, uh, remembering what has actually happened, which is before their time where the the Ishvalan, uh, they call it a war conflict. It was massacre, right? Right. It was basically genocide. Uh, apart from the fact that it didn't kill all of them, but uh, the the that um, certain parts of the country still remember that deeply. Um, and one of their early antagonists is an Ishvalan who seems to be uh, randomly killing state alchemists. And you're not quite sure why it seems to be mo- uh, it like originally seems to be motivated by like positions, like high rankings, and then you find out eventually uh, that it's about people in certain um, like specific battles, and it gets it digs down into uh, like very personal interpersonal relationships in a way that um, I feel like a lot of anime that I had watched up until that time. Uh, didn't like. I think about something like um, where I'm trying to. There's like there's like in my uh, there's like a, a a spectrum of like villainy, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you got on one end, uh, mustache trolling, and then like more complicated and like, um. And I feel like this wrote a line that I hadn't seen before I watched this anime, kind of. And um, because the Shvalins were brown, and I was like, I, I, anime doesn't do brown people very well, very often, uh, does like the ever. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, I eventually appreciated the fact that, um, and this doesn't fully stick the landing, but... Uh, the way that over the course of the 60 episodes that it, it is length, they further dismantle the mil- the military and the government as a whole as like being this pristine, like perfect, like everything's running and everything's fine, right? It was one of those things where right. it's like you see the complexity of like, no, like it's fine for a group of people. It's right. not fine for everyone. Right. And, you know, like I was in undergrad at that time. Um, and you'd I lived, you'd lived through the war on terror, quote unquote. Right. You'd but like, even then of... I was like, so I was young enough and like, I like knew things were bad, but I kind of was only just then really thinking about the, the real complexities, I guess, because I was so uh, generally in my childhood and in undergrad, very kind of focused on the things I had to do. Uh, I have ADD in a way where like, uh, hyper I like I like hyper focus really like um where like I should have been paying more attention to the news when I'm like in college uh but I like I really didn't and wasn't because I was spending so much time making art and like art school is hell uh maybe no whatever (laughs) (laughs) that's another topic yeah um but anyways it was just like one of those things where like it it helped me it made me, it was, it's like, it feels like such a dumb thing nowadays to be like, oh yeah, like think shit's complicated out there. Like you can't always trust uh, 
ABC sources that seem um, or are talked about as virtuous because because they are um, like in authority already. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's very much me with like, uh, you know, I've talked about this too many times at this point, but like the last express, right. Where like you, you have that moment where you've been raised on heroic narratives Mm -hmm. and things turn out all right in the end. And there are bad actors who have to be stopped and the good guys come together and they put aside their differences and they unite about what really matters. Right. And then they stop the bad people from doing the bad thing. And it hits you at different points, but, like, we are really raised in this, like, morally simplistic Manichaean, like, storytelling tradition. And the first time you encounter something, it's like, hey, um, in a lot of history, the bad guys won. And in the future, a lot of times, the bad guys will continue to win. Or the good guys' victories will be mixed. Or even good guys and bad guys, these categories don't neatly apply. And the first time you encounter something that really does like force you to reconsider sort of the coin dropping of like these are fictional frameworks that I'm familiar with. It is subverting them. And holy shit, it is resonating with other things I see happening in the world. And I never fully realized, I think particularly if you grew up in like North American surrounded by our traditions of triumphalist, exceptionalist historiography or even like being an uh being a first generation immigrant the way that you need to or want to assimilate into a certain like you know like uh, uh idea of america yeah. as the, the american dream the whole thing right like you get fed those like yeah. same kind of uh, uh narratives even kind of almost more strongly because you need to fit in right like <laughs> there is survive. a i'm reading this book right now called um uh a memory called empire which is uh, a book uh, about a it's a sci-fi book there's a big space empire the main character is like uh, a uh, an ambassador from one of the colonized spaces she's from like a space station culture off in the, the distance and comes to like the core comes to like Coruscant effectively to be uh, an ambassador uh, and I hit a point in the book a couple of nights ago where talking to herself um, she says be a mirror be a mirror when you meet a knife be a mirror when you meet a stone. Be as Tex Kalani as you can and be as LaSalle as you can and, oh, fuck, breathe that too. And as someone who's, like, grew up code switching and who grew up, like, needing to be whatever – needed to be a mirror. It was like, oh, fuck, like, this is the, the whole thing. It's, it's, a, it's a great book. Ikata, the thing you're speaking about, like, you should read this book because I feel like it hits exactly this notion of, like, because you're moving through society, a society where you're other, as you're doing your best to not only assimilate but mm-hmm. also, like – Assimilate in a way where you can't even look for narratives <laughs> that have your story in them yeah. for fear of being knocked off course. Right. You know? Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, that I was... need to fucking watch Brotherhood. It's good. I've only ever watched it. It's good. The they don't. We reported the news. How do I watch it, Kato? It's on Netflix. Whole there thing. It is. You're right. a, We're sending you some homework, some anime. Yeah, I'm like, wow. wait, I'm going to have a good ass night when I get back <laughs> to the hotel room. Going to get 30 uh, minutes into one of these and, and fall, fall asleep. asleep. Yeah, drink well, exactly seven beers. <laughs> and fuck, that was the other one I almost suggested we didn't do is drill. Drill is a great waypoint. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. They just like talk through tweets. I'll talk through, and just talk through Twitter. But anyway, yeah. that's two down. Three to go. Yeah. Oh boy. We should break. We should take a. I thought we took a break. Did we not take a break? Yeah, we I took don't a think break. We took well, we watched Kingdom Hearts. We watched Kingdom Hearts. We took a break after. I could use a break. Let's take a break. Okay, okay we'll take a break. And then we'll move to these next ones. Yep.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We are back with more waypoints of the year. Of the decade, as we slowly, <laughs> as we as we slowly crumple some plastic, we are like we have pretzels in this room. Everyone's now. very hungry. Everyone's very hungry. We have three more for waypoints content. to get through. Hungry <laughs> for content. Who has? Well, a we're wrapping up at six, so we can go get dinner. <laughs> yeah, we're starting at one thirty too. <laughs> uh, both ends. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Watson, what is your waypoint of I feel the like decade? Did you just come up with it now? Um, I decided it during the course of this thing because I came with. Other ones. I'll explain. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we reported the news. (laughs) Funnier every time. (laughs) So the (laughs) and hold on, just it's even funnier because it's at the very end of the clip. So Kato tries very (laughs) hard to pause it and rewind it, but it always restarts. At least half the time, it goes right back to the beginning (laughs) of the clip. I'm genuinely shocked we haven't gotten an ad at this point either. Don't you hate your fucking soap or like whatever that (laughs) shaggy haired guy uh that swears at me immediately? Um, There's two guys who try to sell me on like becoming an Amazon middleman to, mm-hmm. to go to their Amazon. Oh, I haven't seen that for, one. Oh, that's great. What? He's like, hey man, I'm from. Listen, this is behind me. Normally, it'd be like a Lamborghini, but there isn't. What is there? There's like a, a fucking Hyundai. I'm not here to sell you. Tell you that you're gonna make a million dollars trying to sell stuff on Amazon. I'm trying to tell you you could buy a Hyundai. <laughs> we're from Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, like we're just regular guys in a parking lot. Shooting this in that, LA. That is very funny and bad. Anyway, sorry. We reported the news. <laughs> Starting from the top. Okay. <laughs> you did it again. So the weird thing that I realized about the fact that we're doing like a decade of is a decade ago, I started high school. Mm, shit. <laughs> um, which is, My weak point is making you all feel bad. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a really weird. having a moment. It's, a, it's, it's so, fine. I'm, I'm gonna just, I moved out of New York City. A decade ago. A decade ago, I was an adult living in New York City, and I was like, I guess I got to move away from New York. It's, it's it's literally this month, 10 years ago. I was like, ah, I can't make my rent anymore at home. I got to figure out grad school or something. You were like... 10 years ago, I was like, who's taking me to Winter Formal? <laughs> Who? Who took you? This guy. Oh, <laughs> not even memorable. No, I know He's actually right, a sorry. professional water polo player now. So okay. He's doing well for himself. Tough job. <laughs> if you're royalty. Yeah. He's not royalty. Oh, this isn't, the, this isn't that no, guy? No, okay. No. We keep him up. <laughs> we keep, um, keep going. Sorry. So the thing that I realized is that a decade ago, I was a child and I was in high I was just starting high school. I didn't have a fucking brain yet. I was like, didn't, wasn't thinking about. <laughs> Feel I feel like was, feel like there could be better teen allyship happening here. Yeah, teens have well, brains. What I'm you're developing th- your brain. Yeah. You're understanding your critical lens. I think at the time it was uh, I was in a weird place in high school. So I think I wasn't really 
watching a lot of TV. I didn't like watch a lot of movies in a way that I was like not like into film or yeah, yeah, into yeah. TV. Like, or you watched movies, like I watched, but you didn't watch movies. Yeah, I didn't like. I wasn't like into yeah. movies. I played games, but I wasn't. The games that I were playing were games that it was a one-to-one relationship. Like I didn't play with other people. I played with my brother sometimes, but mostly it was like a personal relationship that I didn't really like, t- I didn't have a lot of friends that I talked to about games. Like I had my brother. Right. I didn't have like groups of friends that played a lot of games. Um, so I don't know. I feel like a lot of like the set of the, the most of the things that I was sharing with other people was music. So when I initially came to talk, what I initially thought about talking on this podcast as well. I was like, okay, I'm trying to think of two things or some one thing that had like a huge impact on me. And the first thing that came to mind was Parasite because I've seen that recently and that was a movie that fucked me up and that I sat really with me for it's a so really it's long time. Yeah. Um, and then I like was like decided to go back and sort of like our past waypoints and go back and like different things we've talked about and see if there was like things that I've referenced and I thought about Roma and our discussion on Roma. And I listened back to that podcast actually today. And that was like, it stuck, It like it meant a lot to me and it still means a lot to me, but it's not, I haven't come back to Roma since I've seen it, even though it was at the time, like that was earlier this year that we recorded that. It was, it's still so, so important to me, but I haven't like, it doesn't stick in my head the same way yeah. that like Breath in the Wild sticks in my head or those other games that I mm-hmm. mentioned in the game podcast. Um, so I thought about music and I thought about like the music that I was listening to at the beginning of the decade. And I was just coming off like a really big emo phase. And I like loved emo punk music when I was in middle school and like early 2010s, I was still listening to a this lot of it. This is going to be about the audition, right? <laughs> oh my God, if that was it, I would... It would be such a good troll. <laughs> I would. She takes her one spot uh, to just do a big wind up and for just me. Dead, just like completely serious. That's what I tell you. Uh, wow, I wish I was that. Controversy does love company. <laughs> it's the name of my brother's fans for stuff. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, it's not the audition. It's okay. No, um, that's, it's one hundred percent okay. <laughs> but I was I was into a lot of like pop punk and like like what? Give me some bands. Give me some bands. Uh, because pop punk means a lot. Pop like, punk is you're more a of like a Fallout Boy like era. I liked Fallout Boy. Up. I liked uh, like because you're post dashboard confessional. I am post dashboard confessional. I'm like post Jimmy Eat World. I'm post Jimmy Eat World. I'm like post Get Up Kids. Are you? I'm like Panic at the Disco. I was like panic, yeah. Panic, MCR. Fallout Boy. Say anything. Was sure. A part of it. Huh. Yellow uh, stuck around. Yellow say, card. Yellow card was huge. But to th- me. those are bridge. That's ones. what I was gonna say. I'm like, those are definitely have to be bridge. The fact yeah. they're coming up like. All this. I guess yellow card was like post Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Mm, yellow card was yellow like ca- beach. Like it was like Southern California. Like mm. beach. Like I feel yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was just kind of like a song. Like kind of music of the, the environment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Formed in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh. Well, <laughs> they moved to like the dude moved to wow. LA. You said that like it, it crushed me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is fucking SoCal. Beach. No, but they they moved there okay. and changed their sound apparently. Oh, okay, around okay. this time. Interesting. Big. Yeah. Um. So I was listening to a lot of different stuff at the time. Um, a lot of like underground stuff, like the audition, like stuff that wasn't <laughs> that. Brother, you were underground. That's not underground. Don't tell him that. Wow. It's not underground. But it's just wow. like not as mainstream. No, I it was know like, what you mean. Yeah, it was just like not popular. It was like there's no one likes. There's splinters off of the popular thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like the, I was. And going you to find like, your subgenre of the subgenre. Yeah, yeah, I was going to like 100 person shows at like on at random rock clubs. Knitting in, factory. In, 
Yeah. No smaller. Ooh, like so, what? Like the Viper Room okay. or yeah, like yeah, the Roxy yeah. sure, and sure, those sure. kind of stuff, which are like monumental to like rock music. Um, but they're really tiny venues and they're really intimate performances. Anyway, so the next genre of music I like obsessed with myself with was rap music. And I was just super into going onto music blogs and things like that and just like finding rapper, like underground rappers that like no one really knew about or wasn't necessarily on the radio. Um, and I just, all I listened to was rap music. Um, circled to like the artist that I'm thinking about is Little Lil Peep right. is my artist, mm-hmm. is like my waypoint of Hell the decade yeah. because one, people should go read Colin Joyce's um, piece on his artist of the decade, which was Lil Peep, uh, which I ha- I think has a lot of the points that I would ar- articulate about why that why Lil Peep means so much to me. Um, there's one really succinct line that I'm going to read out loud, but Colin says... There's a hopefulness that's implicit in the most depressing music. Even as this young kid is singing about his eventual demise, he's still there singing. No matter how burdened by doubt or clouded by grief, he was still there on stage singing these songs. It was a defiant gesture toward a world that felt unlivable. Peep was pressing on anyway. And I thought, like, most of the 2010s, I was a teenager. Um, Like, if I was a teenager when Lil Peep was popular, that would have been fucking huge for me. That would have just been, like, absolutely... I'm in a place now and, like, in a place when Lil Peep was popular that I wasn't... Like, I wouldn't fucking go out to shows for the people that... Like, for the artists that I loved anymore. Like, that was definitely a thing I did in high school where I'd show up to any... Like, I had, like written down anytime anyone I liked coming into the city and I would go to like any show that they were playing and I was just like a diehard fan. I was super passionate about it. But when Lil Peep came around, I wasn't really that type of person anymore. I liked his music and I liked him a lot, but I didn't like show up for that kind of thing. But I think if in high school, that would have been huge for me. So reason why Lil Peep is kind of the artist or is my waypoint of the decade is because one, he mends those two things together emo like samples and like rap and trap music mm-hmm. he's you know born out of like this soundcloud generation of this generation of musicians who with things like garage band and things like like open access to music and being able to teach each other more about like making music uh, on your computer and shit. Like, Production was out yeah. of uh, a like professional yeah. space and into yeah. your room yeah. with a laptop that you yeah. could afford. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that speaks so much about the 2010s. Um, the fact that like Lil Peep exists, like Lil People doesn't, Lil Peep does not exist previous to the 2010s. Um, and also, I think the things that Lil Peep is rapping about or was rapping about are was a lot a lot of what I saw in like my high school experience and in my like growing up phase was like a lot of fucking angst, a lot of being very depressed at a young age, a lot of being surrounded by people who are doing a lot of drugs and not really knowing how to cope with it or how to like help people that I loved, but still trying to plug away at the thing, like trying to Mm. keep on keeping on and like move through that. And it's funny that like Lil Peep kind of came after the time that 
it would have been like my world. Um, I still like love Lil Peep and I think it's weird to to have so much it's been a weird experience to like fall like be more, more and more passionate about him the more and more time that has passed and yeah it's the like, further you get away from him literally performing songs about what things that your life looked like yeah if that makes sense yeah. it's like part of part of the thing with Pete for me had always been like this is he is so clearly aware of the the position he is in and like singing and rapping about like his situation with a clarity, even when he's rapping about confusion. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, God, I, I, it is such a loss. Uh, and it is so selfish to think of it as, as a loss for me. Cause who the fuck am I to him? Mm-hmm. Right. I was like a fan and like, I wanted him to keep making music. But I, at the time when I thought about him, I, thoughts every time I, I saw or heard him I was like I can't wait for his fourth album mm. like he's a, a bunch of great mixtapes I think all the work that he did uh has value but it was like someone who the person he reminds me of to some degree even though they're completely different in terms of musical styles is Tyler the creator who yeah. if you go back and listen to the early like odd future stuff um is rough is uh energetic is novel um is unrefined if you go listen to the last two Tyler, last two and a half Tyler albums, they are like incredible. If you go mm-hmm. listen to uh, the stuff that he's done in the last few years, it's like you can see that he has found peace with himself. And I was so desperate to hang on to Peep until he got there. Yeah. Because he would have made really incredible music. He already made great music. There, is so like there was something in there. And I was like so confident in him and his ability to do that. And so to lose him this decade sucked. Well, music yeah. like, like, you know, the the appeal of emo music and things like that is how it appeals to your identity yeah. at that specific age. Like, and it's why it's so f- funny to look back at it later and like, Jesus right. Christ, like, what was I doing? It's like, well, because you, you don't you're not that person anymore. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. part of what you say, like, oh, it's selfish to be, th- to consider it a loss. But it is because, yeah, like, yeah, it's also to grow up with the creative people that you inspired you or helped you get through things and helped right. you understand your identity or at least to like wrestle with your identity. Mm-hmm. There is something about growing older with those people. And in some ways you diverge from those, right? Like it's like, Hey, we're going a different paths. So you helped me then this doesn't make any sense now, but there's something about, there is a loss in like what could have been for your relationship with that artist and how they spoke to you as you both worked through your individual issues. Totally. Totally. Peep. So Peep is my waypoint of the decade. Um, Go listen to those. I mean, like the a new Peep album just dropped of kind of c- compiling a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's happening pretty regularly, right? Like ever, it seems like it's been like there have been well, two. Just, th- there yeah. was a was a posthumous album that dropped. Yeah, early come this over year? when you're sober, part two. Yeah, which is really right. good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a question mark. Yeah, all of those albums sure. are question marks it's so because hard. you. We have someone has to put the period on it. Someone has to put the period on and it. He's not in the room. He and can't he, be like, "This yeah. is not what it's I not, want." It's not just taking a, a demo and putting and just uploading the demo. Yeah, they've it's, been hey, like, "We're going to po- complete the work." Yeah, and it's quote. Yeah, some of it's like you can feel the difference between "Come Over When You Serve Part One" or even some of his earlier mixtapes um, to "Come Over When You Serve Part Two. And the most recent one, Everybody's Everything, which is like was dropped along. I still haven't watched the documentary because I don't want to be fucking <laughs> Just cry sad. For yeah. Hours, yeah, but um, it dropped alongside that. Um, so there's some there's 
I mean, all like the thing that I listen to is like the lyrics. I think the most yeah. because that's the thing that I feel like I can still feel Peep's voice, and that isn't as moved around. Um, but yeah, go read Colin's piece yeah. on Lil Peep and his past writings on Lil Peep are amazing. And two of those two two really good Lil Peep songs uh, sample uh, uh, the microphones, which eventually great become band. become uh, Mount Erie. I own one of my backup. Uh, of the year, I'm gonna back up waypoints of the decade. Oh, it's, that album! It's not actually that. It's, no. a, it's a previous one. It's Clear Moon. It's it's ah. uh, my favorite, probably my favorite of the Mount Erie albums. Uh, go listen to Clear Moon, and then go listen. Go and then go watch the and the newsroom, and go watch the newsroom. <laughs> Don't. Is that is the newsroom available anywhere? Does anybody know? <laughs> it's an HBO show? Is it an HBO show? Yeah, I guess so. It's a show on, on HBO. Yeah, probably. We have two more to go, Patrick and Rob. Okay, you did a heavy one. Let's just get the other heavy one out of the way. Okay. And then we'll just... Is yours heavy too? Is it no. lighter? Okay, good. All right. So mine is pretty heavy. Wait. Um, we reported the news. Patrick, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> we almost had it. And he knows, I almost and he, had it. And he so knows we're no, listening look, I think what, I think what I did was I actually hit the button when it, it goes to re- uh, <laughs> replay. That's even better. That's even better. Uh... So I'll say mine is The Leftovers, an oh, HBO sure. show. Another heavy one. Um, I watched the last episode of that over... Did you watch any of the love, previous love ones? The way, love the no. way that, shh, Wow, okay. All right, well. <laughs> I was so fucked up the whole time. <laughs> I think it ends brilliantly. It's one of the... Anyway. So preamble to that. Um, and I'll explain the, the premise of it once I get through the preamble. So July 3rd, 2014. Uh, I'm up in Wisconsin at my parents' lake house. And I start getting a bunch of phone calls and text messages, and I'm ignoring them because I'm up in our parents' lake house because it's a year after my dad passed away. Died at a heart attack, 56. Um, really shocking. Um, and uh, I finally looked down. It's Vinny Caravella, who I was working with at Giant Bomb at the time. And I'm like, dude, like, oh, maybe they're maybe the guys are calling me because it's a year after my dad. They want to say hello and like be there for me. But like, I was like, this is I don't want to do this right now. Like, if you guys are out of the bar, like, I don't want to I don't want to shout out. And you get really bad reception, uh, at least back then, at my parents' lake house. And so he finally was like, no, you need to call me. And so I'm like, okay. So I have to walk all the way out to the end of the driveway into the middle of the street. There's no other way to get a phone call through. Um, and I call, and he tells me that Ryan Davis, who was a close friend of mine and a coworker, had passed away uh, a year to the date uh, after my dad had passed away. Also, um, any complication with sleep apnea, but most likely a heart attack was the result. Um and I remember telling him, you know, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, like, really? Like, you know, and uh, a couple of years. And then at the time, I looked down at my hand. And so the ring I have in my hand, the band, is my dad's. Uh, my dad passed away a month before I got married. Um, and my wife had gotten a band made for me. And then my wife, Katie, said, do you want to, your mom said you could wear your dad's if you want to. And I said, Okay, pretty quickly at the time, not really realizing necessarily what I was signing on to because right. it seemed like the right idea. Um, and it was a, I'm glad I did it. It was a poor decision at the time because it was a daily reminder every day you woke up, you looked at your hand, and it was just, 
Fuck, that sucks. Um, and it crushed me um, for a number of years. I almost took it off, but I kept it on. Um, and I wrote a blog post a couple of years after Ryan passed, um, in which I wrote, uh, people tell you it gets better with time, and they're right, but I don't like the reason why. And it's because we forget them. It's natural. We don't see them anymore. We don't make new memories. We just mine the old ones. But I don't like knowing that it gets easier because there's less of them and thus the burden of memories weighs heavy um and part of the reason i like horror movies part of the reason i like stories is working through complicated emotions re-experiencing complicated emotions um i like being sad sad reminds me that i get through the day better without ryan in my life without my dad in my life but the result of that is that like it's because you don't think about it anymore. You don't, you're not around them anymore. And so I like watching sad movies. I like watching things that remind me, that like turn me into a puddle because it get, takes me back to that place when they pass and the, 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 the emotion, the, the toughness of grief. And so The Leftovers is a show on HBO um, based on a book by, I forget who, uh, Tom something. Um, and it was adapted for... TV by Damon Lindelof, who's one of the co-creators of Lost. And the premise of The Leftovers is randomly one day, 2% of the population just disappears. Um, and unlike the snap in Avengers Endgame, which sort of like just brushes over like, boy, the dark implications of that. Of like <laughs> people would be flying planes. People would be having sex. Like all the sorts of things like would come with that. That show tackles that head on it's just like yeah like that's what would happen it's like people would be in the middle of the most awkward things the most terrible things and uh the consequences of that and it's a show uh it's a really hard watch i don't recommend it lightly it is a funny show but it is a show that that wallows in grief um most people when they talk to someone that has experienced a traumatic event like a grief it's like i'm sorry for your loss um and that's a very understanding. I would never critique anyone no, for coming. No. But yeah, but people never ask how you're doing. Do you want to talk about your dad? And it's like, they don't want to talk about the thing because they don't know if you want to talk about the yeah, thing. Yeah. And usually people who are going through grief, all they want to do is actually talk about the thing. But nobody wants to talk about the thing with them because they don't want to bring them down. And grief, as you process it, um, I never found birthdays, anniversaries, things like that to be hard. It was walking down the street and you see a restaurant after my dad dropped me off in San Francisco. And it's like, fuck. Um, and grief is messy. I, I used to get angry when people would talk about their parents, like talk about their dad. Just tell a story. And I'm just sitting there like, cool, like interesting story. But then also like underneath that going, fuck you. What a life you have. Like <laughs> must be fun to have a father. And that's unfair. And yeah. I know that's unfair. Um, but then all I do after that is go home, scream into a wall, and, like, throw something across the room. Because that's what grief is. Like, grief is being angry. It's being jealous. It's being unfairly jealous. It's being mad. It's feeling cheated that the world took something from you, um, especially when these events are traumatic and unexpected. And that's what The Leftovers is. It is uh, a collection of characters. My dad's heart attack was he's a bigger guy. Not that it would have been wild for that to have been how he went out, but doing it at 56 was pretty unexpected. Mm -hmm. and there's no explanation for that. I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't think I'm going to see him again. And so you're just left with, he's gone. So the premise of the leftovers, and when someone just disappears, 
I was in San Francisco about to go record a quick look for the demo of Resident Evil 6 when I noticed I had 47 missed calls from my brother because he didn't want to call my mom who was driving up to our lake house uh, and tell her in the middle of that call, or that call your husband's yeah. gone. Right. And he was trying to call me, trying to find out what the fuck to do. And so for me, it felt like someone just disappeared. It may as well have been an you know, some yeah. weird extraterrestrial event, supernatural event totally. that just they disappear off the, the the plane of the earth. And what you do without the absence of an answer is just be fucking angry. And these people in the show are angry, they act out, they're mad. I just found it like so cathartic. I was like, this, this is, is what it. grief yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. is. It isn't people coming up to you and saying like, sorry for your loss. It's when someone says that you go home and you say, fuck you. Yeah. Like you don't actually get it. And that's not fair to that person either. Uh -huh. No one can understand it. No one can understand what you're going through. Yeah. Um, as sympathetic or empathetic as they want to be. Um, it was a show that just wallowed in that. And it's so depressing. It's so upsetting. It, but it makes you stare it in the mirror and realize that that is actually what grief can be like. You know, everyone obviously goes through it differently, but that what it was like for me. So every episode was just like watching them work through that and got me to re-experience those emotions. So like each episode was like, cool, can't wait to just like have a bummer of an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, wanted that, that, that I craved it. The thing about that show that was like always so sharp, and I only watched the first season and a half, I would say, yeah. but was like, Oh, this is not at all about a snap. This is no. about people who lose. This is just what regular grief is. Like, yes, there are some plot beats about what what happens in in the world after. But, yeah, the machinations that of like what a world does. Totally, but fundamentally, this is this is not a special kind of grief. No, this is a very normal sort of. This is what happens when you lose someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a very special show. Uh, like I said, I don't recommend it lightly, but. Uh, I found it to be extremely cathartic because it allowed me to like revisit a play. Like when I like get sad and like the, like the real sad, it's like, I felt closer to my dad. I was like, cool. I got to remember how I felt, how much I miss you in this moment. Then I get up and I move on with my life because that's what you need to do. And that's part of the healing process. But mm -hmm. a show like that, just the messiness of anger is, uh, I've never seen a show I've never seen it represented that yeah. way. Um, I couldn't get through it. I like. I, I don't. I don't. I don't blame yeah. you. Uh, that was. I lost both of my grandfathers to cancer. One of them the year that that show started. Um, uh, a number of other close family friends, and I don't. know I've told this story before, but like uh, almost ten years ago, I lost a good friend uh, to suicide on my birthday, um, and I was. This is like this is like not TMI, but like I was in a hotel room with like a casual partner at yeah. the time. And I was like, finally, we're gonna get, we're gonna get, like get to see each other. Like we're gonna like make for my birthday a trip, and like someone who I haven't like been with in a minute. Um, and that rage, that like grief of like, like a little bit of background on that is just like this is someone who I was very close to, who I went to grad school with, uh, who died by suicide, who was the most loving and like open and trying to make a connection person that I know or that I knew at the time. Um, who was like someone who did everything in her power to make you feel like you were the light of the world um, and who I was very, very flaky with and like someone who I did not make the time for that I wanted to or like was a priority. There's always more time. Um, I've said before, I don't like to celebrate my birthday very much. This is yeah. a big part of it. Um, but I, I, what I saw in The Leftovers when I watched it was all of that sort of like the triple take of like immediate grief 
then the sort of the shock and awe of the, it. right and then the like am i making this about me right. how narcissistic of me and then the third thing which is like i can't even like this is just like the wrap back around yeah. to i just wish i i just wish that this person existed still um and I, it was like so raw the the, the grief in the leftovers is like one of the raw, which is why it can be too much, yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. if it is like yeah. that, but like, but it, uh, but one day I hope to be in a place sure. where I can go back to. I was all, yeah, I'd seen, yeah. I was, just, I was, I was, di- I was distanced from you know uh, yeah. my father's passing right. at that point when it right. premiered, so it was like I was in a position to like yeah. want that. Um, and the last thing I'll say is just, uh, uh, I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast, but like I was in shock that Ryan passed on the same day as my dad, and then actually chuckled, yeah, because. What a cosmic fucking like Ryan <laughs> yeah. was just Ryan, Ryan was just he was such a troll yeah and like, but in in a, in the most loving way yep. like he was just the I'm so sad for him not to be around for more people to have met him and especially in this era he would have just been such a amazing person to have be around but I always considered it I was like you. I will never forget the day you fucking died because you died on the same goddamn day as my dad one year later, you piece of shit. Um, And uh, I was like, that's that's very you, Ryan. That's very you. One day put MODOK in the Marvel Universe. That's what he would have wanted. Please do that for Ryan Davis. Please do it for Ryan Davis. The leftovers. Uh. He got it! Yeah, he did it. But he's got to do it two more times. <laughs> yeah, and one of them's like immediate. Yeah. Uh, Rob's acting. All right, here we go. Hold on. He has to find it. <laughs> At this point, he could have like downloaded it. I know. Edited the clip. Yeah. <laughs> taken out of a YouTube downloader. Yeah. Wish. We reported the news. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it could only be one. Only there one. could only be one good take. Yeah. Uh-huh. Still has one more chance. That's true. Ooh. So we got ten minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Wow. So I think my uh, my waypoint of the decade. The is... newsroom by Aaron Sorkin. No. <laughs> the irony of uh, it. Yeah. Let me take this home. I think it's justified. Mm, okay. Yeah. Great show. Like the Justin Timberlake album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get your thoughts? Uh, time to go to the Grey Havens. Crummy <laughs> your Uh So Justified, first of all, I think Justified has one of the greatest pilots in television mm-hmm. history. There are a few shows um, that can sell you up, or, uh, up and down immediately. There's no like, oh, watch four episodes. Yeah. This has a great pilot. The first episode basically like is anchored around four exchanges. And really there are four exchanges in which, in three of them, Timothy Oliphant is largely just reacting to characters and actors. And then the last one is when his character finally speaks and begins to reveal something to himself. But Justified is, on the surface, uh, a very familiar tale of frontier justice, an American cowboy uh, returning to his hometown that's been overrun by criminals and putting things right. But... It subverts that out of the gate because it's not it, – the it is not the pioneer era. It is not Manifest Destiny era. It is modern-day Kentucky. And he isn't returning home to put things aright. He is t- returning home to ride out the fallout for what 
may or may not be, and I think ultimately the series really does hinge on this question, did he commit a murder in the first 30 seconds of the show? <laughs> like the the like like within third like within a minute and a half of the show opening, he has done something that is irrevocable and like will continue to rebound on him for multiple seasons of this television show. And at the time, because it's Timothy Oliphant, he's very charming. Um, he's got sort of that Han Solo thing. And very where, aw shucks. Yeah, yeah and, it's, it, and, it's, and very the opening disarming. scene is very much Han and Greedo in the cantina. There's no ambiguity about what happened here, really. Um, well, unlike, not yet. Yeah. yeah, once George Lucas gets his hands on Justified. <laughs> and so... A special edition. Raylan presents himself as a lawman but also is he a vindictive killer? He is he's more of a gunman than a lawman. Um he returns home and his antagonist is his old friend uh Boyd Crowder played by the great Walton Goggins. Oh my god, um, he's so good in The Righteous Gemstones, which is also a recent show. <sighs> and it was a breakout star in The Shield, mm. probably one of my games of the, one of my one of my games. One of the shows <laughs> of the previous decade. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and Boyd Crowder is the heir to this like uh like hillbilly crime syndicate um the the crowd the crowders basically and he is also a neo nazi and boyd and this show is all about history everyone in the series goes back a ways like the cool thing about the show is every single plot as it is explored throughout the season turns out that like there are tendrils of the roots that go back 10, 15, 20, 30 years to uh, fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers' generations. And so this is very much a series about the past being an inescapable force. And it is one often invisible to us, but nevertheless we are actors on a stage that's been dressed by history. The other thing, and this comes up again in this pilot episode – the series sort of posits this question of is Boyd sincere in his beliefs or is he kind of a, a charlatan? Like does he – is he a white supremacist because it is convenient? Uh, is, it, is, is it because it gives him power and status and a ready supply of <laughs> recruits willing to do his bidding? And I used to think that was a really important debate in the series about like what was really in his heart. As years have gone by <laughs> – and context has changed a great mm-hmm. deal. When I look back at Justified, I think one of the things that it begins to unpack in that across its six seasons, um, four of which are genuinely great. I think it's only got one sort of slight misfire. Um, that's not really the right question. It's not, is Boyd really a racist? Because he turns out being, in some ways, a sympathetic antihero. Um, but I think what the show begins to unpack is this notion that people do have deep, like people have beliefs that their allegiance to waxes and wanes to based on circumstances and convenience and pressures and, uh, what they need at that moment. And the notion of, you know, is Boyd, Boyd is an outlaw. And he's a seductive outlaw, but is he? Is he also a racist? Is boy, <laughs> boy, do you really? Are you? You know, are, are, are you, you really a Nazi? I'm right. okay with the outlaw stuff, but right. the racist. I'm okay with you su- like supporting and recruiting racists and using them to further your ends, but 
Are but, you really a racist? Right. And I think the point by the end is that Boyd can choose not to be an active racist. He has the option of being like, this is not important to me at this moment. There's a there's a series late there's there are points later in the series where some of his old comrades from uh you know the white nationalist uh struggle confront him and are like you Such are, a struggle too. You yeah, know, they're really hard roughing it. They're, they're like, you've changed, man. Like you don't like you are you are doing you are doing deals. You don't wear with... the hood anymore, man. What the fuck? And his response is very much, a lot of things have happened to me, and I'm not the same man that I used to be. But then, as the series goes on, some of that stuff begins to reassert itself. And I think one of the cool things happening in the series is that there's all this misdirection. It's misdirection about like. Is Raylan going to give in to his sort of outlawish gunman ways? Right. Is Boyd going to fall into sort of the morally corrupt, uh, completely morally corrupt, uh, exploitative racism of his forefathers and, and, the, and the political movements he's fallen in with? And I think what's really great about Justified is that in many ways these questions are answered from the start. It is more about the way pe- some people – get to have their actions interpreted and justified and reinterpreted. And they put on identities and discard them uh, as lightly the as a cloak. He used the title. He said justified. justified. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. right there in the title. That wasn't, that wasn't arch by the way. It just, it, that oh, genuinely, okay. it wasn't that was meant in, to be. Yeah. Okay. But, but I think, but the show does come but that back is to it. this. Right. It is a show about justifications. Right. And I think if. Who, and I, who, and who has the method of disposal? Who can, who can justify their actions, rationalize their actions, and make that be a, a closing of the door on evaluation of those actions? Like Raylan is a cop. Raylan is a, yeah. or is a marshal. What's the what's he's a the U.S. marshal? U.S. marshal. Right, yeah. yeah. Also, you so need... he's like an outsider cop, right? Exactly. Into this local, but that gives him a degree of authority yep. that means that he can rationalize and and uh, kind of officially <clears throat> authorize the sorts of action that. No one else has access to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need people to buy, like, you need people to validate it. You can justify whatever you want to yourself, but mm. if people, the people around you, like. Yeah. And people will always make that, for some people, there will always be that excuse. There yeah. will always be that cover. There's a really great moment late in the series where Boy's being called out for, he's being basically rounded up in a massive operation. And for once, he's not even. Close to being the worst person swept up in this thing. Like, honestly, he doesn't deserve to. He doesn't even go here. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so Raylan is there and Boyd is like, he asks, like, Raylan, may I be excused? And Raylan just like whirls on him and just like puts him in his fucking place <laughs> and makes him feel every bit the like piece of shit criminal he is. And is this breach moment where Boyd realizes, like, Oh, that these rules apply to me too. Even right. though for all our history and the fact that we both know morally there's a lot more equivalence between us than than you like to admit, and I know what you've done. Because you are who you are, you get to like right. jam my face in the dirt, and I just have to take it. Uh, and so I think this is a series that I I think ends up anticipating a lot, anticipating exploring. A lot of the currents that define American culture and politics in in the tens, yeah. Um, and I think I used to sort of jokingly say it doesn't, you know, it is not on a level with the wire with, with a show like The Wire. But the more time goes by, the more I start to think it has a different focus. 
but in terms of like sort of the epic storytelling it's adopted, um, there's a lot of commonality. This, this notion of by the end of that series, it has woven this tapestry of a society. Mm-hmm. It's as, also really good serialized. Yeah. Like, it, there's a lot of like outlaw thing of the week, right, and, but, right. but as it tells a broader picture, like it's just, it's a, it manages to do that dance of like the larger uh uh, pull, push and pull between the families while also like week to week there's you know a just mystery having a great right, right, yeah right, just exactly. like a really entertaining and engaging mystery to be to be unpacked well and, and no, sorry you <laughs> no, can finish no, your thought uh, and then the last thing by the end it is also addressing things like <laughs> missed it the arrival of weed legalization what does it mean sure. for this entire show has been defined by these criminal empires running weed and now that might just be legal right. in six months, right? So it's all about these pivotal moments in like how an economy or a society is about to change and who is allowed to reap the benefits from yeah. that and who is not. Is it worth finishing? I think I watched the first four seasons and then I can't tell you season, why I fell off. Because season five is the bad one. Season five is well, the – Well, it's also like penultimate seasons always struggle as they're like, we're setting up all our storylines. Dude, the next, season the final six season. pays off like you would not believe. Season right, six, so. Sam Elliott. Ooh, uh, is the, well, the oh that's like, all you had to say yeah dude no he is like <laughs> of course a, he makes sense in that sandbox he's a criminal yeah. who predates everything you've seen oh and he's like so the, he, the he's been in prison for like 30 years and he comes out and he knows every other character Great in the casting. series <laughs> is brought down by like their lack of history or the fact they were imprisoned mm. by it this is a character who is outside the history but knows all of it cool where can really you even good. watch Justified is it Hulu FX uh, not FX it was an FX series I think it's all on Amazon right now yeah who mm. anime Hulu anime. Yep. That is it. Is he going to do it? He's thinking so hard on it this time. He turned off autoplay. That doesn't count. (laughs) No, you got to do it for real. You got to do it for real. that long to realize you can do that? He just turned off No, don't turn off autoplay. We're we're going to sit here and we're going to... We reported the news. Man, what is David Harbour doing to his face in that scene? Did it. Yeah. You did it. it. We We did did it. it. We're done. That's it. Red Lobster. We're going to Red Lobster, baby. Open table. Is it available? I don't know. I'm so hungry. I'm sure we could go to the... Guys, we are fucked. (laughs) Olive Garden. Olive Garden. I fuck around around with some breadsticks. I fuck around with some breadsticks. I fuck around with whatever. It's 846 on a Mm -hmm. Friday in New York. We fucked up. We fucked up. I had a pear and a slice of pizza today and some pretzels. I got to eat something else. Yeah. So Let's go eat. We're going to go eat. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to all of these podcasts. We've It's been a joy to make them. Uh, I hope you have a, a remainder of, of your holiday. If you're celebrating anything, is good. If you're going back to work, if you're at work right now, I hope I was saying, yeah, this will right. be the New Year's Day pod. This will be the New Year's Day pod. Uh, happy New Year, 2020. Let's crush it. Let's crush it. 2020 sounds good. 2020. It's good Perfect number. vision. Cannot wait for an election year. I cannot uh, wait to <laughs> Sorry, die. ruined it. Ruined yeah. it. 2020 sucks again. God, 2020 is going to be rough. We're going to get through it. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Thank you for being on. You, 2019 was a big year for Natalie and Waypoint. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you for coming back through. We miss you. Hey, wait, question. All right. Is buying the nominee time capsule? I hope yes. not. No, you have to say yes or no. I don't want to. You have to say yes or no. I'm going to say no. What if we all just say no? That'll put that energy in the world for 2020. No. Yeah. No. No. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck capitalism. He challenged someone to a push-up contest yesterday. He was talking about kids touching his legs. (sighs) 
No. No. Fuck Biden. Goodbye. Good Biden. Good <laughs> fuck. Fuck capitalism and good, good Biden. Biden. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. <laughs> we're, the, we're the worst. That is the, new, that is the doctrinally correct leftist greeting. Yeah. Good Biden Good to Biden. you, <laughs> my comrades. Yeah. I hate that. All right, we gotta go. I hate him. Fuck Biden. I don't know how this is gonna go into the main. It'll there was like no this. Disney bullshit in that. Yeah, it was all it Kingdom Hearts, square, all shit. square right. shit, and yeah. Yeah, all right. There's not a all single Kingdom Final Hearts. Fantasy character in three. No, no. Hmm. What's Atma? Atma balls <laughs> is what he was yeah. saying. Um, is that a thing? <sighs> like, uh, like, you haven't heard like ligma? Like ligma? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My yeah. aunt dying of ligma. Oh What's God, ligma? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ligma balls. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one? Wow, this progressive website. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, well, there's uh, D's. D's. Well, no, but oh, there's something D's. else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something else? There's another one. Bofa. Bofa. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, was what yeah, I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, 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 Bofa. Bofa. D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know who we should put in this on Twitter, but somebody's talking about like covering the JFK Jr. funeral uh, back in like whatever. This was a fucking topic switch. <laughs> It's not the Hey, that's waypoint. So this rando shows up. Rob's waypoint of the decade. This so this rando shows up and starts like holding forth to these reporters about like all these great memories about like times hanging out with his good friend, bosom buddy, JFK Jr. Yeah. And they're great stories. And they really like, you know, reveal a lot of the inner life of being the scion of the Kennedy family. And the reporter's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh sorry, we didn't get your name. And he was like, Oh yeah, uh, my name is Haywood. And they're uh Jablomi. Uh-huh. Great. Uh-huh. And <laughs> most of the reporters apparently are like, cool. These are great. <laughs> was, they that was they back the then? Yeah. Like, oh my god. I wow. suspect correction. Yeah. Haywood, uh not not his name. Mr. Jablomi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. That's fucked up. Are we? You raised your finger, Kato. Do you need a minute? I uh, got your laptop. Where? Uh, How do you know? Because Kato's got the fucking. Kato's on it, I guess. Kato's Kato hacked the IT server and he's like, yeah. yo, I know where they. Which... I'm in. Kato's in. Uh... They put it in this desk, which is knocking a couple times. I don't have a desk. The IT desk. Not is my laptop still up there? Kato still can't like, produce an answer. I'm. He's working it. He's working oh. the problem. I didn't know it was mid. Have you ever seen Crimson Tide? Me, I haven't been up there. <laughs> Not in a while. In you're months. my Cotto, You're my Scotty. I need more warp speed. Okay. I can't do it. That was good. <laughs> a good Scottish accent. <laughs> do it again. Donk. Oh. <laughs>
Is that Scottish? Yeah, Shrek is Scottish. <laughs> is Shrek Scotland. Scottish? Yeah. Oh, it's in Scotland? Uh, she's in Scotland. That's why oh the ass in Shrek, Scottish. I didn't know yeah. that. Not true. <laughs> Not true. What is that accent? Shrek. Shrek. Ogre. Ogre. It's I think ogre. it's supposed to be it's like, suppo- it's, Scot- it's like Yeah, it's like a yeah. bad it's Scottish. It's like Braveheart. <laughs> Have you seen Austin Powers? Yeah. Yeah. It's Mike well, Myers it's Mike, going yeah. to do well on that accent. Again. Yeah, he's like, I've never exactly. seen that. Oh, I've always wanted to go. No, no, no. I've always wanted to go watch in, uh, The Love Guru because I've heard it's like oh. fucking... Oh, that's unbelievably bad. How did, did my laptop show up somewhere? Well, it's like him making it's an coming. Austin Powers movie well after that comedy is like not funny anymore, but yeah. he just did it again, and apparently it's just... Those movies are awful to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. They're like painful. I watched. They were so popular. I liked them a lot when I was a kid. I watched a video of like the top... I didn't even watch a video. I think I read a BuzzFeed article a week and a half ago of like the top 20 Dr. Evil moments. Oh, God. Like, why, why did I do that?